Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hey, everybody. I hope you've had a good new year. Oh, boy, I tell you, there was a lot of phone calls uh, to my office uh, throughout the holidays, and I really was surprised how many people are struggling with not necessarily just the COVID, but um, things that relate to the COVID, say, for example, still not being able to go into uh, care communities to visit their loved ones. Uh, Temporarily, we had visitation suspended and things like that. And then I think more than anything else, the things that I saw that was troubling all my listeners and my clients was that they are looking at what the scope is of the care that they're providing and is it still enough and they're exhausted. And I think, you know, I've talked about this plenty of times. We can be mentally fatigued. We can be COVID fatigued. We can be emotionally fatigued. And everything just kind of came to a meltdown, I think, between Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. And so I had calls from people saying, you know, I think I've really exhausted everything that I can do. I'm trying kindness. I'm trying love. I'm trying redirection skills. And sometimes it's just not working any longer. And what I'm struggling with is the promise that ever present, never ending promise of I'll never put my loved one in a memory unit. And it's become really difficult to even address that promise when you are looking at the option or lack thereof of options of being able to visit your person, your whoever it is, once they're in a community. Because I I had somebody ask me yesterday, so if my wife goes into this memory unit, will I be able to go in and visit her? Will I be able to take her out for lunch? Well, a lot of communities, because of the vast number of increasing cases of COVID, are not allowing people into the community still. You're lucky if you can get your person inside the community to become a resident, but literally trying to go in and visit them has become tricky. We were so close to essential visitors being able to come in and visit if that person was new to the community and they wanted to make sure that they weren't really suffering more than usual for a new resident during their initial, you know, two-week or 30-day period. And so so having this situation where now they come in and they can't even have their husband or wife or whoever it is come in and say hello or visit um, is really hard. 
And so with that essential visitor, even if you are allowed, if the community says, yes, we have a separate entrance for you, we can let you come in a side entrance and then you just come in and out and you can stay for a few hours, that does not necessarily include other family members. So it's probably the primary person that was the caregiver, the husband, the wife, the daughter, whoever it is. And that one person may be the only person who is allowed into the community. You can't have three or four people coming in and visiting that person, even if they have a solitary entrance where they're the only ones that are coming in and out. And being able to take that person out for lunch or something like that to a to another place, another restaurant, completely off of the scope of possibility. Not going to happen. They don't want people coming in and out and going into areas that they don't know where these other people have been. And besides that, I don't know where what it's like where you live, but here in Denver, inside of a restaurant, you can only have 25% capacity. And that is only if you have those fire style doors, firehouse style doors, where you can lift them up and down like a garage door and provide open air access. I have not seen any other restaurants that are open to the public. You can come and get food, but you can't come in and out uh, or dine in if they do not have open air access. So those kinds of things have completely gone off the table. Now, some of the other things that came to my attention were questions about power of attorney. And so I have taken a good long look at this recently because of so many people struggling with this. And power of attorney comes in two different ways. You can have power of finance and you can have power of medical. And there can be multiple people on the power of medical. That enables you to have access to information to your loved one's chart via a doctor or a hospital or something like that. The HIPAA laws that came into play about 15 years ago made it so you have to sign some document allowing family members to know your information or who exactly can know your information if you are sick and in the hospital and unable to share that information on your own. Well, power of attorney uh, financial is completely different. There can only be one person and a second person if that person is not able to fulfill their obligation. Well, recently, I was told from a couple of my clients who were trying to keep their loved one from spending too much money, from going to the bank and pulling money out and making life difficult for paying bills and for um, reasons of of even trying to apply for Medicaid and, and things of that nature. And the people with a diagnosis don't understand that you're just trying to do the best you can to pay their bills and take care of them. Many times they are thinking that you're trying to steal their, their funds and they get upset about it. And so I had an example of a person who had a minimal amount of money in his savings, none 
for long term. Nothing like a pension or some other income coming in that would allow him to have payments each month. So uh, like a lot of people, this gentleman was living off of Social Security. Now, Social Security is not great, but it can be anywhere from like $700 to $2,000 a month, depending on how long you paid into it and so forth. So if you need to go on Medicaid, you have to leave your money in the bank. You can't just give payouts to people or pull out every dime that you have trying to keep people from stealing from you because if you're applying for Medicaid, they're looking at what money you have that you need to spend down before uh, the government income starts taking over for you and paying your bills. And I'm going to tell you, folks, it's not a good way to go anyway because government doesn't like to pay out any funds. They just don't. And our Congress people and our senators and the people that are in charge of our government are just not big fans of releasing money or or paying out Medicaid payments to these various, like, uh, communities. And to make matters worse, if you're trying to get your, your person into a Medicaid-style community, the bad news is they are not well-maintained because they're government-maintained. They are, I don't want to say they're dirty, but they are very clinical in their appearance. Generally, they are older buildings. I mean, you walk up and you say, oh my goodness, 1970s is calling and wants their building back. There's no beautiful artwork and stone on the outside and chalet-looking places, you know. They are kind of... They look a lot like old office buildings or sometimes old hotels, and they have stripped down just about everything that would make some place look comfortable. They've taken out beautiful pictures. The floors are white. The walls are white. The staff generally has not been per se trained in memory care. They are people who are coming off the street making $12 an hour minimum wage. And I'm not trying to disparage caregivers who come in and want to do the right thing. But these oftentimes are caregivers coming from other countries that are just looking for work. And the turnover is substantial day in and day out of who's coming in and who's coming out the door. So when you're trying to utilize your power of attorney just to get Medicaid. The bad news is that once you get it, the places that you have to choose from are not necessarily places you'd want to put your loved one. Boy, we have, this country has just turned into an absolute complete cluster, you know what the word following that is, uh, of the care for people who are indigent and have a lack of funds. It's as simple as that. It's just not there. So when you have your loved one pulling money out, that's a problem. 
So let's make it a little bit worse. Recently, over the holidays, I had a person tell me that she had the power of attorney and she had a letter from her neurologist that her dad has advanced Alzheimer's and should no longer be driving a car, should not be paying his own bills, and should not have firearms in his home. And she cannot get anybody to honor this power of attorney. She went to the bank to try to get her name uh, off, you know, off or or uh, or more more importantly, in power to take over her dad's funds, and the bank wouldn't let her. They wouldn't let her. They, in fact, when uh, she called me and told me that her dad had taken a substantial money m- amount of money out of the bank, I told her to try to get as much back as she possibly could. So in this particular case, she got half of it back. And when she went to the bank with all of her documentation in hand and said, I'm the power of finance, they actually asked her where she got that money and why she was um, trying to put it in a completely separate account. People, if you go to a bank and they will not work with you, keep going around until you find another bank that will because that power of finance is valid and no one should be turning it away. Banks are afraid of getting sued and they're looking at the fraud aspect of people trying to come in and steal their loved one's money when they um, have cognitive loss and and uh, sometimes we have family members who go in and try and take every dime because they can take advantage of the situation. But in this particular case, that wasn't happening. So we're seeing things like that. We're seeing um, even the Social Security office not accepting the power of attorney. That's a big issue. And I have told you over and over, every other month I have classes on behalf of the University of Colorado Hospital Neurology Department. So in February, coming up in February, February 3rd, I'm going to have a class that specifically addresses these issues, the power of attorney, what it entails, so on and so forth. We're going to take a short break because I have a shorter show today and we'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988, to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so today 
Uh, I'm sorry, listeners. I have a little bit of a shorter show today. I, I in in full transparency, I had a guest today, and the guest um, had to cancel at the last minute, and so I just decided to kind of talk about some of the calls and concerns that I had and received over the holidays, and also how I'm going to address a lot of these issues in my upcoming classes that are on Zoom until further notice. So no matter where you are in the world, you can join in on these calls. So they are put on through the University of Colorado Hospital Neurology Department, specifically the Memories Disorders Clinic here in Denver, Colorado. They are always the third win or the first Wednesday of the month. The first Wednesday of the month. And it's from 1.30 to 3.30 Denver time or mountain time. Okay? So as we go across the country, we've got Eastern, we've got Central, we've got Mountain, we've got Pacific. So um, if you, as you're looking at it, it's the third time zone, uh, two hours off of Eastern time. Okay? And uh, it's a behind Eastern time. So if it's three o'clock in New York City, it would be one o'clock in Denver, just to give you an example. So anyway, I'm going to be addressing the power of attorney and financial issues. Why, why is there a gray area? There should not be a gray area. If you draw up a contract and you can pull them off the internet, uh, this is true, but you do need to get them notarized generally by someone who can do that, um, a notary. Uh, you can use these documents to help your loved one to not spend every dime they had have, to open bank accounts and be a joint owner on the bank account or a co-signer on the bank account. These documents can help you to sit down with an attorney and write up someone's will and make sure that they know where they want their dollars to go. It can help if you need to create a trust, if that person is philanthropic and they want to uh, per se leave some of their funds when they pass away to a nonprofit then you can determine exactly how many nonprofits you want to give the money to and exactly what amount of money you want to give that uh, of that money to. So trusts are good for things like that and for giving specific amounts of payouts to family members over time and things like that. That's what trusts are for. So we will address things like that in the class coming up in February. We'll also... In the February class, I want to talk about what we are going to do to uh, really take a look at what financial strains and changes will be coming up in the new year. Are we looking at a care community? Are we looking at moving? If you're going to have moving costs, uh, what are those going to be? Are you going to have to hire movers to come in and uh, but box up all your items and get everything ready to go? And are they actually going to move them 
move this person to a new location. Say you have a family member who's lived on their own and they're going to move in with you now or they're moving out of an apartment into a new community or something like that. How do you get rid of their items? Um, those are things that you would have to think about. What kind of uh, uh, situations would you have to set up to be successful with stuff like that? We're also going to talk about what you need to do to keep your home safe. Do you need to add grab bars in the shower? Do you need to purchase mats? Do you need to purchase things like um, kid, kid safe latches so that they're not opening up cabinets that they shouldn't need to get into? Um, are they eating more food? Do you have to go to the grocery store more often? Are they taking more medications? Medications are expensive. If you have to have a sleep medication like trazepine or something, if the person is up walking at night, that can be an expensive medication. Are you paying for the Alzheimer's type medications? Denezepil, uh, otherwise known as Aricept. Are you taking Namenda? Are you taking Exelon? Uh, what are you doing about those types of of funds and monies put towards that. There's just a lot of things you could do. You can go to Sherwin-Williams and get some painter's tape and attach it to your concrete stairs. And I'm going to talk about all those kinds of things, how you can make your home safer for your loved one and what is the cost related to those safety measures. So that's going to be in February. And then every other month I have the beginner class where I'm talking about the brain and the way that it functions and what you will see if you have cognitive impairment and how do, how do the lobes of the brain work? What are their roles? Which one speaks to creativity? Which one speaks to language? Which one helps you with your, your sight and things like that? Every other month I have those beginner classes for new people coming on and just you know, just getting on this journey and trying to figure out who's there to help and what can I do and what information can I learn. We, when we arm ourselves with knowledge, we enable ourselves to be better prepared for the journey that we're going to be on with whatever type of dementia that we're facing. So that will be in March, that repeat class of the, uh, of the brain. Now, when we get into April, I'm going to go into emotional stability and what can we do to maintain our emotional stability, not lose our patience, not yell and scream at the person, or worse yet, trying to do everything for them when they don't want you to. How can we maintain our own dignity and sanity and self-control as best we can when we're dealing with something that is so devastating and taking away the thought process and the memories of the people we love. We have to deal with depression as well when we are when we are looking at these kinds of things. So I'll be talking about ways to keep yourself from being depressed and how to keep your 
loved ones strong and viable and part of the plan and and engaging them in conversations and learning ways to create meaningful activities for them. So we'll work on things like that. Now, throughout the year, I will also go through how to create really good cueing techniques when you're working with somebody with activities of daily living. And those activities of daily living would be things like helping your person get dressed in the morning, brushing their teeth, brushing their hair, taking a shower or a bath, um, feeding themselves, preparing their own food, knowing what clothes to wear at certain times of year. Or just for the conditions in your house, is it super hot? You don't want to put them in winter clothing when it's, when it's you know, 85 degrees in your home. So, you know, looking at those kinds of things and how can you provide visual, verbal, and tactical cueing skills to help you to be the best helper and care partner that you can be. So I will have a class on that subject throughout the year. And these are two-hour classes, so it gives me an enormous amount of time to sit down and listen to your experiences. I don't just preach to you. I teach you, and as I'm going along, I'll say, tell me what you're dealing with in your home, and maybe let's see if I can answer some questions for you. So every one of the classes, I do try to give adequate time to the question and answer session and make sure that I don't have anybody dominating it so everyone gets a chance to really get in there and talk and say what's on their mind and and really work through whatever issues that they're having. So I really, really want all of you who are my listeners to consider getting in on those calls. Find out, if you're halfway around the world, find out how you get on on mountain time. I've had people from Zimbabwe. I've had people from Tanzania. I've had people from Israel. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. I just am constantly amazed by that. London. And sometimes it's nighttime. It's the middle of the night, but they get up you know, they go to bed early and they get up early in the morning uh, or in the middle of the night to join these classes and learn as much as they can learn. It's a way for you to do this free of cost and have some great information at your fingertips. And oftentimes I will include experts this year that can come on a doctor who can answer questions. For my class in February, I have Clara Lee Charlton from the Denver Lawyers. Uh, She's going to be on the call, and she's going to answer any questions that people have. And I'm going to try and gather those questions before the class so that we can already talk about some of the things that are concerning people and address them right off the top and then see what other questions that they have. So I try to bring you as much education as I possibly can. And I just thought maybe today of all days when I needed to kind of think off the top of my head and say, you know, I, I still want to be here for all of you. I want to be here to to bring you information. And I don't want you disappointed when you turn on the podcast thinking that it's going to be, you know, something really great. Well, I hope today I've been able to at least give you some some good 
information for upcoming days and weeks and months and journeys that you're on so we can get through all these times with the best education and thought that we can. Because I'm telling you, if you have a plan, it is much easier to work through each and every day and all the minutia that you're going through from repetitive questions to uh, tears and inappropriate laughter and people spending money and all the things that come with these lovely forms of dementia that we're dealing with. So always tune in to my podcast. I drop them every Tuesday morning. Uh, Tell your friends and family so they are not alone and they can join in the fun and they can learn as they go. Also, visit my website, summitresiliencetraining.com. I have my knowledge center that I add to constantly, and it has a ton of information of how to look for a care community, how to take the keys away, what is Medicaid and how do I apply for it, what are the benefits and the coverages of Medicare, Uh, how to bathe without a battle, what are the various dementias, what is Lewy body, what is Alzheimer's, all that is addressed and more. And I have them all separated out into, you know, scams you want to try to avoid and so on and so forth. So go to my website, summitresiliencetraining.com and look and see what applies to you and where you can learn a little bit more about that subject on my Knowledge Center page. My, you can reach my uh, podcast there. So if anybody is struggling to get the podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, whatever it is that they're they're doing, um, you can always lead them to my website and they can listen to the podcast there. Okay, folks. Well, I didn't want to be a rambler today, so I just wanted to give you as much information as I could in a short period of time, and I will not make a habit of making these half-hour shows, but I just wanted to make sure that if I'm talking to you, I'm giving you viable information and information that will help you, and today seemed like it was more of a public service announcement where I can let you know about the information on my website. By the way, all my events, the dates and times and the uh, way to get on and sign up for any of the classes will always be on my website. Again, summitresiliencetraining.com. And you can go on events and sign up there. So you're able to access all my information, all the events and the podcast, everything right there. You can also write me comments, and I will answer them on my blog section. So just remember, folks, I am there for you. If I don't have all the answers, I will bring in many resources to you throughout the year. I look forward to a bright 2021. I'm, I think I've been busier in 2020 than I was in many other years past, And I think it's because of all the unique circumstances that have arisen just because of the COVID-19 virus. So uh, I just want to make sure that all of you know that you're not alone, that I have a vast amount of resources to help you get through whatever it is you're trying to deal with. And I love you all in my caregiver nation. 
Next week, I will have a guest on, I promise, and we'll have some great information for you and a well-prepared show with a wealth of knowledge. I'll see all of you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.